When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you uh, made it through another disappointing, destructive, letdown loss where Nebraska was in control, then they weren't. And maybe you're over it by now. We've said that. I don't know how many weeks in a row with uh, one-score losses and uh, dis bitterly disappointing as Nebraska now in the stretch run. Stop me if you've heard this before with Nebraska football. Pick a year, pick a staff, pick pick an AD uh, the last two decades. We get to November, the calendar flips to November. It is all about future speculation, right? Right on cue. Four years, five years in, some less, a few more uh, years with the case of Bo. But you flip the calendar to November, well, is coach and his staff going to be back? Uh, What's the AD thinking? You know, what's the short list like? I mean, that's... That was a a loud, loud, loud narrative is the uh, end near for Scott Frost and Nebraska football. And in in the moment, man, right after you lose to Purdue, you have Coach Frost in the postgame and uh, Adrian and and JoJo Doman and all the captains stepped forward. And, uh, man, they, they, they manned up, they owned up, they spoke afterwards, and then they they let their actions versus their words per their commentary today at, at the the noon presser do their talking and it doesn't feel or sound like they're scared of ohio state it sounds like everyone's fired up and ready to go which is great cuz you got big bad what is ohio state i mean are they number 2 in the country they'll probably be like 3 or 4 won't they when it comes to the playoff they're fourth overall but they're they're going to be right there in the mix for for your, your top four spots for the college football playoff when that's revealed tomorrow night. But Nebraska has just kind of moved on, and they're eyeing a a big 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 prize in Ohio State. Vegas, listen, there's been a lot of years where the point spread's been way way more, uh, seventeen and a half, nineteen and a half, twenty three and a half. Right, you've had some crazy numbers for this Nebraska Ohio State ball game. A lot of them in Lincoln, so it'd be very Scott Frost tenure to come so close against a boatload of ranked teams in 2021 and lose a one-score game, and then 
in 2015, Michigan State fashion, Nebraska play absolutely out of their mind and and give you more hope. And that's where I want to go is, is, uh, is hope now finally gone? Did Purdue do it to you? We've asked that question, and you've been pulled back in. You've checked back out as a, as a Nebraska fan because it's just toying with your emotions. It's hurting you. Numbers to dial up, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers to get in. You can find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. We'll get to some emails here in the inbox shortly. But uh, you have an abysmal second half. Nebraska's offense, uh, very bad. The defense has been putting a lot of miles on them. And uh, after some stops in the third quarter, couldn't uh, quite get it done against the Purdue offense. Couldn't get back, get, get to the quarterback. So we'll hear from Scott Frost here in a little bit from today. But my gauge is this on on Nebraska, Scott Frost, and and the future. I think Trev Alberts is not wanting to make a move. I think Trev Alberts understands that they're, and you're sick of hearing it, but they're close. I think Trev Alberts is a guy that wants to help mentor Scott along with leadership, not coach for him, but help him be a better CEO, be a better program leader. And in the moment where Scott Frost said Saturday, yeah, I, uh, I let the captains address the team after the loss, he said what he had to say, but it was mainly peer-on-peer discussion point. Well, that's looked okay. This team doesn't feel like they're done. This team doesn't sound like they're done. And we'll see what their response is on Saturday at 11 against Ohio State. We'll see what Adrian Martinez's response is Saturday at 11 against Ohio State. And we'll see what Scott Frost's response is at Saturday at 11 against Ohio State with a game plan, with some execution, with his four-year quarterback he's, he's tied to. And back to Trev and Scott's future, I think most Nebraskans want this to work with Scott. I think they. I think you've been very patient because you've had so many just dumbfounded losses, confounding how did that happen? Only this team can this thing happen to, and it's repeated somehow, some way. You screw up, and the, the the game is won by the other team, and it's clearly lost by Nebraska because of what they did or did not do, and and that hasn't changed. So it's a bigger picture picture question: Is that going to get any better? Say Nebraska goes two two and one these last three, and you still miss a bowl game, but at least you're five and seven. You take down Wisconsin and Iowa. Maybe you take down Ohio State. I don't know. Point is, is say say you get close again, a la the theme of the season almost. And if you're Nebraska, is that okay if you're Trev Alberts? You got big money boosters that are throwing money into the program for that new building. You got big money boosters that probably have seen enough 
and they're offering to hand over a blank check. You've got some boosts who say, no, man, give our, give our home, homegrown kid more time. I mean, and, it, and it's a tug of war right now. But you have the last word if you're Nebraska and Scott Frost and, and these group of super seniors and, and these fourth or fifth year juniors. You have the last word. Um, I think Trev's going to see how, how they play. And can they get some wins? And he'll he'll make his call. Scott is not acting like a guy, at least he did not today, that is nervous about his job. And I think you can tell if someone's faking or acting in these high-pressure, tense situations. He seemed comfortable. He seemed poised. He seemed confident. They are acting like they've just won three in a row, especially with the defensive kids that came up front. And part of that is, let's go slay the dragon, man. Good. Great attitude. Great mindset. Don't let Purdue, dare I say, beat you twice. (laughs) But, hey, they're they're saying and doing all the right things. Now it needs to to be on the field Saturday and, and go play a good football game where you're not overthinking it and it's second and one, and you you punt the run game. That's what's maddening, is management. And can that change and get better? We can all get better, but do you believe it can happen? That's that's the question. Can it get, can it get better? Will it get better under Scott Frost if he gets more time? And that's a billion-dollar question, and some of you are sick of waiting. You've made your call. Others are, no, let's, let's, let's give him more time. And I'm out of time with this thousand-foot leash at quarterback. And I don't believe you've got a better thrower in Logan Smothers. So you're screwed on offense with what you want to do, throwing the football, trying to take some deep shots, take the top off, right? You saw a year ago what you you couldn't do uh, at wide receiver. You, you made changes at wide receiver. So you got some guys that can get open, allegedly, uh, and, and get – get downfield but you got a quarterback that is very inconsistent with it and man i if if adrian's still struggling if adrian's still not 100 percent, i, I want to see a, a move to the bullpen there should have been a point after the shuffle pass interception adrian watched didn't happen and i think that's grading on a defense i think that's grading on the rest of the team but if you look yourself in the mirror you probably know that well, some of the plays against Michigan and Michigan State can also be made against Purdue, right? There are some some ad lib improv that you can't coach or teach that give you a chance to extend a drive, make a play, and go get a win. So it is you just got to cut down on the on the on the bad decisions, and to be saying that in this fourth year with this quarterback is is driving everybody nuts. Because it absolutely pops the balloon, Elijah. That's that's where I'm at. I think I think Scott, as we talk here, it, you get beat fifty six nothing on the way out the door. Uh, say it say it ends miserably, where there's a real checkout, a quit. Then you got to make a move. Mm-hmm. And even if you go zero and three, but you're keeping with the twenty twenty one theme of almost. I think you can say, look, here's where we're going to be better. Here's how I'm going to make us better. Here's some things I want to change. He's got to have a real 
hard look at his offense. You have a real hard look at his offense and, and what they can't do and don't do, and that's have an identity. He's got to have a real hard look at, at changing that up or at least tweaking it so you can go back to a basic. Every defense has a base. Let's go play base, right? When it's hitting the fan, let's play base. Well, on offense, Elijah, they got to be able to go run some plays and settle it down. Back in the day, that was option. That was toss power. That was ISO. That was play action, option pass, right? You had your base. Well, you don't have a base on offense. It's asking your quarterback to, to make some plays. It's hit some big yardage plays, but ultimately they end up being a lot of a lot of times empty calories. And and last part, and I'll shut up. You need to be able to <laughs> just stick with what's working until it's stopped. And and to me that was the run game. It's the run game, you go for a buck fifteen in the first half, and then you get down, there's a turnover, and you panic and you start chucking the ball, and Adrian either doesn't trust who was out there at receiver or is a bit yippy himself because he's not 100%. That's been the case. When he's not been 100%, he's been way off with accuracy and turnovers, and you got to corral that. And if he can't get right, it's okay to, to let him watch unless he goes into a tailspin where it's a confidence issue. And by year four, that shouldn't happen. So there's a mess. I don't think at this point in time Trev's real wild about making a move and I think he's going to give Mr. Homegrown every opportunity to have that long runway beyond buyout beyond fan fervor beyond booster feedback I think he wants to be there to help Scott along and Scott's got to be better the team's got to be better Trev knows that he'll demand that and I think he can help him get there but I, I have a doubt. I have a real doubt because you're dropping games against teams, Elijah, that you're supposed to beat. You're favored to beat. It's not just getting up for Michigan or Michigan State or Oklahoma. It's you're 0 3 against teams that I mean, you're the worst team in the West, period, aside from Northwestern, who you mauled. And Northwestern's awful. And there's three noticeable places on this team that, that is letting the rest of the team down it's offensive line, it's quarterback, and it's running back. Those are the three places over. You got to call a run play, though, brother. Over the course of the year, those are the three places that are letting Nebraska down. I I haven't seen a single running back aside from Ramir Johnson improve during his time at Nebraska in the Scott Frost tenure. And Ramir Johnson, let's not forget, he started the year fifth on the depth chart. So what is so wildly wrong with your talent evaluation at the running back position that Ramir Johnson is starting fifth on the depth chart? And you look at the quarterback position, they haven't been able to bring in anybody that can challenge Adrian Martinez. Uh, and you haven't seen noticeable improvement from Adrian Martinez. Marginal improvement, sure. Noticeable improvement, the type of improvement you'd expect over four years, not at all. And then Consistency, on the right? And then on the offensive line, uh, they are not living up to the, the talent and the size and the potential uh, that they have bringing these guys in. These guys are coming in as four- and five-star recruits predominantly along the offensive line, and you're not seeing that. The guys that are... Uh, doing the best on the offensive line uh, is your center, who was not a center when he came here. Uh, I think Nuruddin's done a good job since he stepped in at left guard, and let's not forget he was a transfer from Colorado State. Uh, and then you uh, really have a right guard, a right tackle, and a left tackle that are all pretty highly touted recruits, four and five stars that aren't living up to the billing. So those, those are the three places I think are letting down the entire rest of the team, and, and Scott's got to make a change. Scott's got to figure out how to fix those three problem areas. Well, and, and to your point about running back, it's like 
uh, it, it was come to Jesus time with Ramir where you got to run hard all the time or you're, or you're done. That was the challenge by held to him as the season started, and it's happened. It paid off. A lot of... <laughs> but there's uh, been another a single other running back in the past three years that showed noticeable improvement. No, I, I, I'm not arguing with you. No, I mean, it's, not a it's, it's, been, it's, been, a, it's been a desert of, of four-star recruits carrying the football, either behaviorally or they transfer out, or Greg Bell's running for a grand now at, at San Diego State, but had some sort of either attitude or translation problem when it came to what he was not doing at practice or what he wanted to do in games but wouldn't show in practice. It's a mess. It's a mess. We're here uh, all hour to talk about it. Open phone lines. Jump in uh, with Nebraska football thoughts. Uh, do you still care? Are your uh, juices flowing here for the opportunity against Ohio State? Chime in. 402-466-ESPN. Or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Open phones here. Dial up 466-3776-800-825-5865. Are you expecting a competitive ball game on Saturday against the Buckeyes? And here's my question for you. Does this team rally around Coach Frost? Do they rally for Frost? Do they rally for themselves? That's the vibe I got. It wasn't necessarily rah-rah today. Let's go win one for uh, Mr. Wood River. No, I just I, I think there's there's pride in a guy like Cam Taylor Britt. There's pride to respond from a quarterback in Adrian Martinez. And I just and, and we'll hear from Frost in, in just a moment here on, you know, is his job in danger? Anybody else, it's it's a slam dunk, it's a no-brainer. Anybody else, anybody else, it's a situation where it's not working. Thanks for your four years. Bill Callahan, Grandpa Riley, and then it, it, it was working wins and loss. I know there were some embarrassing losses mixed in, but you were still winning nine and ten ball games with Bobo and 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 uh, Fearless Frank, right? I mean, let's just <laughs> anyone else. It's not a conversation. This isn't anyone else. This is this is the guy you 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 brought back because you because he gets it. And in reality, he's still trying to figure it out. The other reality is Nebraska right now is, you know, as a Nebraska fan and just growing up here and watching the, the program as long as I have, you know, you had your layup games, your teams. Well, Nebraska is now the layup. It used to be Iowa State or Kansas. <laughs> um. In the Big Ten, it's not Illinois, it's not Minnesota, it's not Purdue. It's supposed to be your, the layup, in the Big Ten. Nebraska may fight like hell for you, or when they play you, but eventually they're going to screw it up. And there you go. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Terry, thanks for kicking us off. Go ahead. Thanks for calling Hale Varsity. Hey, uh, I was just kind of wondering where you think Smothers' head is at, because after that fourth pick, granted the fourth one was off a deflection. Mm-hmm. Um, aren't you thinking like you need to give somebody else a shot? Absolutely. After, after the shuffle pass, you can, you say go sit by Mario, and, right. and Smothers, you come in. Here, here's here's the reality, Terry. 
I think Logan's a work in progress throwing the ball. Okay, and I mean I'm I'm not sneaking into practice, so that's just that's just my gut. And and the way Scott talked that that Logan's really working on it, but you can go in there and and run your your sprint, you know, orb option with Smothers as a ball carrier. You you let him carry it when Adrian was getting his jaw looked at for a couple of drives against Michigan State, and he moved the team before they all started jumping off sides. From a yeah. poise from a poison decision making standpoint, I'm not bashful at all to put Smothers in. I think he's ready and I don't think he'd do anything to jeopardize the football. That's not well, what he, he not what you say about your fourth year guy right now. Yeah, I mean he couldn't do any worse. I mean the uh and it's crazy to think that, you know, we recover that onside kick and we have a chance to drive to win. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's just too perfect the, the, the way this season's gone roller coaster. You knew you knew right. it was going to come down to it. It's sitting next to Sharpie, and he turns to me and he's like, dude, they're going to get a chance. They're going to onside it. Nebraska's are going to recover. And next thing you know, it's it's poor Cam Taylor Britt's getting blown up because someone misses an assignment. Right, everyone else went and tried to clear out their 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 lane, and Cam's got yeah. it, and and then just gets gets ri- gets ripped. Yeah, can't, I, can't we catch a break? Jeez, and you got to make your own, Terry. And this team hasn't yeah, made yeah. their own, but you're right; they do need a break, and maybe uh, maybe well, all the breaks happen to keep this thing interesting Saturday. Well, I'm a season ticket holder, and I went to the Oklahoma and Michigan State games this year, and uh, I don't think Frost is in danger of losing his job, but I mean, it's just. People are getting tired of it. That's for sure. No, Terry, appreciate you listening, man. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think it, it could get real ugly, and and you could have have to have a, a tougher conversation, Elijah. But I, I, he, Scott's not acting like a guy that has got to be buying a U-Haul or or several boxes for the office. Let's hear from Scott real quick about job security. All right, and. Uh, he was asked about that here uh, today. The outside noise, job speculation, is it weighing on you? Because it's there, and it was out in full full force over the weekend. It was pretty adamant. This dude's got to go. It's not working. It's not going to happen. Need to move on. I mean, Nebraska fans, God bless you. Your patience have been tried for for the last two decades, and it's been reset, 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 reset. Well. Uh, this is one where you're going to have to to be patient with it and exhausted, exhausted here. Outside job speculation, cut eleven. Oh, I'm I'm looking at the wrong sheet. Elijah's saying, "Dude, you're speaking Chinese to me." <laughs> what eleven do you speak of? Yeah, that's exactly how I'm thinking. Cut six. I am okay. sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. I'll stop drinking. I don't pay any attention to it. It's kind of hard to ignore, all, uh, you know, talk in any situation. You know, there, there's an article written about me six games into my first year, and we came off undefeated and lost our first six here, and they were already writing stuff. You learn as a coach not to pay any attention to that. I owe it to the kids to give them my everything, so do the coaches, and we are. And the kids are giving us everything they got right back because of our relationship with those guys. And um, everything else doesn't matter. We can only control what we control. So, listen, you hear it, you try not to pay attention to it, more from, more from Frost here. And he was asked about, you know, how long should, it, should the turnaround take? And that's really the sticking point, isn't it? Year four, supposed to happen. 
you know, the, the, the Savior's back. And, and, and it hasn't. But you've seen progress, but that progress has been whittled away because of some ma- the way you've lost. It's one thing to be competitive against the big dogs, but the way you've lost to some of the teams you've been favored to beat is ridiculous. You can't come off a bye week and and have a, a, a garbage second half. You can't go into Minnesota ahead of a bye week and have a garbage first half. And just from a management standpoint, Contreras has looked looked fine. He should have been kicking after Oklahoma. Period. More from Frost here on uh, job security, his future, and, and the turnaround that hasn't happened yet. We're close. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to overstep here, but yeah, I'm really excited about the rest of this year. I'm really excited about next year. Um, you know, I hope we get it. Um, I think we should. And with, like I said, with the young guys we got coming back and an opportunity to go out and get a few more pieces to add to that, I think this thing could be really good. Um, I, I really thought this year it would pop, and and we've been so close. When you're so close and you don't get it done, you know, that unfortunately you, you, you have a, a mindset when we got here that we've been beat a lot. Winning's a habit, losing's a habit. Um, trying to break that cycle just takes some a few wins in a row and some momentum and and a little more belief. The kids believe, but you really believe when when it happened. Gosh, we've been so close. I just want to see it happen for these guys. Well, you need the old uh, Ted Lasso believe sign above the old office door. It needs to to happen on the field. Frost was asked about it. We hope we get it. It being what? Wins or a year five? And he clarified. It to happen? Yeah. Wins. I think, For, it, I think we should. No, we got to get the wins. The, the wins take care of everything. And despite all the improvement that I've seen, that hasn't improved. And um, you know, we've had a, a, a tough schedule and played some really good teams. Got to get them done. And we've been so close. Got to get them done. And, and that's the nature of the business. I understand that. The kids understand that. Um, and we'll keep fighting every day to, to make it happen. Email in. We'll get to the email bo- inbox here. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Uh, Al chimed in all season. The defense has given up eight to ten yard out patterns. Purdue took advantage. And, uh, you know, what? what is pressure? And he's not talking about hot seat or coaching pressure, but more so getting after the quarterback. That's really an area I'd add to your you know, your question marks, what can be better here these final three offseason into, into 2022? O-line, running back, quarterback play. You're right on about that with Elijah. you got to find somebody, somebody to go get after the quarterback and, and help out the secondary. And I know Nebraska is going to throw the upstairs and downstairs kitchen sink at Ohio State to try and heat up the freshmen. For the most part, it's it's been inconsistent with with their pressure. Purdue was they had quick throws, right? But uh, you still didn't you still didn't harass them. Two sacks, two hurries, and forty five dropbacks. Meanwhile, you've got both of your tackles at Nebraska that allowed, I believe, a sack and at least twelve hurries again. 
Then again, you're taking on an NFL guy, but everyone else in the league's got to play the rest of the NFL edge rusher that Minnesota and Purdue and Ohio State and Iowa and Wisconsin and Penn State. All these other squads got a dude that get off the edge or two or three. And it's not a coincidence that it becomes much harder to throw the ball against a team that has one of those guys. And it's not a coincidence that Nebraska hasn't really had good, I should say great defenses since they've had an NFL-type pass rusher on their defensive roster. That's whenever you have your best defense. That That's a big, probably the only glaring hole uh, in the defense that I'm seeing so far is no no pass rusher. But if you watch that game on Saturday, the defense wasn't the issue. The defense wasn't the problem. The offense put him in some really, really horrible places. Things should have been 24-14 going into half. At worst, 20-14. Mm-hmm. But but I go back to the decision to not stick with your run game. You panic, you start chucking it, and you don't have possessions because you're turning it over, you're going three and out. My worry, Elijah, is if if they don't I think it go. I think it really, really. If they get, if they get hammered Saturday, it 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 could go south. Mm-hmm. If they have another mind-boggling thirty-two twenty-nine, you were right there against the top five again, and don't get it done. I think that's when the bow breaks for the rest of the season. Period. Because you got a bye week, you can probably muster up some yeah, you, some you pride think, for Wisconsin. You don't think the bow's already broken on this season. I, you know, I just don't – I am buying what I saw today as far as the right guys in front of the microphone. We'll hear from Cam Taylor Britt here. Where they're, they're still wanting to fight. I think they're still wanting to fight. Good on them. More thoughts from you. Open phones the next 20 minutes. Hail Varsity Radio. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Coming up next hour, a couple of black shirts. The Godfather, Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie in 20 minutes. And then Jay Moore, co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. He'll join us. And uh, we're talking about uh, Coach Frost and uh, kind of the vibe here from the presser today. Elijah, we'll dive into the emails here in a moment, but we go back to Minnesota. We go back. There's a lot of moments this year that you can talk about What if and what could have been in that same song, another verse. But you go back to, to Minnesota. The defense right now is is ready to scream at the offense. And I thought that after we got back from, from Minnesota two weeks ago Monday, where you're right there, you're inside the 10, inside the 5, you're at the 1, you don't get in, then you miss a field goal. And you have, what, six straight stops at one point in that game. And then you fast forward to, to the Purdue game where you're up 7 nothing. <laughs> you throw a pick six and now it's tied. Now it's tied. The offense does respond the, the following drive with another touchdown to go up 14-7. to But then Purdue gets a little bit of momentum, a little mojo. They tie things up. You miss the shot to Toure. After being up 17-14, then you come out and you three and out it. Defense, for most of the third quarter, held strong, and then it was, it was too much. They've got about 100,000 miles on each tire right now going into Ohio State, going into Wisconsin, going into Iowa. They have carried and done yeoman work all season long. They've not been perfect. But I think when we talk about like energy, they exerted so much energy 
where they they willed the team to an almost win again with Michigan State. I think that's where it started. Then it followed. I mean, it, we can start with Oklahoma, but then the way they followed up the Oklahoma performance with Michigan State, and then you get to Michigan, and it's just we talk complimentary football a lot during the Frost era because it hasn't existed. But it, it's really bad this year. It's like almost 09 bad, where the offense doesn't have an answer or here's some water and a towel. Sorry, D. Right? You're just not seeing it. And the way they came out against Purdue in the first half and the way they ran the football, this was just straight up decision making and turnovers that killed this team Saturday. Well, it, it was the fact that. that... Well, if, if we want to have a nice little uh, a nice little comparison here, it, it's Minnesota put this team in the hospital. Purdue has smothered them and buried the hole, and now Ohio State's waiting with shovels ready to bury this Husker football team. That's how it feels. It so feels Minnesota put them in the hospital. Purdue has the pillow, a la Tony Soprano. Uh-huh. And then they got their goons in the back digging the hole. Right. And, and now Purdue is just ready to, to throw Nebraska in that hole and cover them with dirt. That's how it feels like this season's going. Based on, I mean, you could feel it in that Purdue game. It was the pick six, and it was that pass just out of the hands of Smarch, where you could feel the momentum in that stadium just shift. Everyone in the stands, I feel like, I felt like that standing in the stands was, oh, here we go again. This this Nebraska team is ready to to blow it, and, and the the defense they felt that too. You you can see that in the second half. Everything the the whole energy of the team, the momentum, just felt different in the second half because I think. That Minnesota performance has, I mean, we, we talked about the split last year. I think it split this team again. There's the offense, the special teams, and then there's the defense. The defense is holding up their end of the bargain, but it's hard to hold up your end of the bargain whenever you know, uh, just as we've talked about the Husker team not expecting to win, expecting to lose. This Husker defense is expecting things to go wrong for the Husker offense, and they're expecting it does not matter how good of an effort we put in on Saturday. The Husker offense will lose this game for us. That's how it feels. No, uh, let's hear from Cam Taylor Britt because he got a little bit further in-depth when it comes to what was said. He's one of the captains. He's one of the voices post-game. Uh, and and this was – they're pretty open and and honest. And this is pro- – he didn't say this was directed at Adrian, but this is how I'm taking it. Do your job. Don't overdo. Because four turnovers, three of them horribly forced – just can't do it. Can't live that way. We got a couple games left. Don't give up now. I'm a senior. I'm not giving up nothing. You're going to see me play 110% to the to I'm on the field, you know, laid out on the grass. That's what you're going to see from me, man. I, I was just telling the other guys, like, it's not over, bro. I understand, you know, yeah, we may have some losses under our belt, not the wins that we want, but it's still football. You, you came here to play football. You've been playing football your whole life. Why I stop now? Keep on going. Got to do your job. Uh, email in from uh, Greg in Michigan. Uh, if you're trying to get through, keep trying. 466 3776 or 800 825 5865. Greg says, Put me down for we need change. I've seen enough of the same old for four years. Really wanted it to work for with Frost, but. It hasn't. No indication it will. No idea who the next coach should be. And that that is your absolute knee-jerk reaction from a lot of Husker Nation after you lose to Purdue, after you lose to Minnesota. You're, you're exhausted from it, and you don't even put the helmet on. 
Uh, our friends from Columbus, Shane emails in, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Chris and Elijah, the discussions I've had with friends and family all come to the agreement that we don't have to decide what's best for the program. That's Trev's job. We're just going to sit back and let things play out. Definitely not looking forward to a coaching search again, and maybe that won't have to happen. Yeah, I'm just going to sit back. And I can make bold declarative, well, you know, if he doesn't beat Ohio State, he's done. I don't believe that. Because of who it is, and that's debatable whether or not you should get the uh, the family discount, so to speak. But it's true. It's the, it's the reality. It's all about the direction of the program. That, that That's what it comes down to here. And... Bo Pelini had plateaued. Mike Riley was going down with the direction of the program. And based on the results I have seen this football season, for the most part this year, it felt like the team has been moving in an upward direction. Now, the past two weeks have changed that narrative just a little bit. So well, there's, is this there's team still, is this team going to be the team that plays up to their competition? They get up for somebody that's ranked and unbeaten. I know Ohio State's not, but you saw, you saw. You saw you've seen the best performances of the year against the, the the toughest teams, and you've seen garbage halves against some of the worst teams, not named Northwestern. So they they are just all sorts of funny. I don't know, man. As we get closer to Friday, I got a weird feeling about this, right? I just I just do. I really have a weird feeling about Saturday. Not in the. Oh, dear God, it's going to be an annihilation. I don't feel like it's going to be 2017 mm. or, or 2019 all over again. Well, I just I just don't. Let's hear, let's hear from, from Cam Taylor. Do we have time to squeeze him in a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear 16 here. All right. The, his message to the team. We just heard that. Okay, 15, my fault. There we go. Everybody's trying to hear his same speech, man. You know, we we go back and forth, you know, about the same things day in and day out. Uh, And then we get to the weekend and we have the same result. It's the same speech. So he'd rather, you know, hear from the players um, because it's really a heart-to-heart thing. And we're on the field together. He's not on the field with us. He's, you know, our head coach and we feel for him. But, like, us players have been here a long time. Hasn't been a change yet, so I feel like they need to feel that from us. Um, the change is culture, man. They came in today, you can see a change in practice. Hey, change is good if it means a different Saturday. We'll wind down our one next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Charlie McBride's 10 minutes away. Vic, Vic needed the Medicaid, bless his soul, uh, with the Purdue game. So, question Vic has is, do we need a new coach or do we need a new staff? Staff changes. And I, I would vote for, for some tweaks on, on the staff. And he's like, well, what if, if Adrian stays? And I'm like, you know, then if Adrian wants to stay, Adrian, they need to go out and find a quarterback that can take Adrian's job for next year. Yep. Unless he morphs into something, these final three, and turns over a new leaf where – your quarterback's never going to be perfect, all right? But you got to have a better decision maker. You got a guy that's going to play. And I think Adrian is tough. But when you're not 100%, you can't be so far off of what you looked like against Michigan or Oklahoma 
you got to be able to play up to a same level, hurt, injured, or not. And, and you're not getting that. Um, the thing that's interesting, too, is, is seeing this offense. And, and like, if I'm Trev, I want to I talk to him about some position coaches. I want to talk to him about his offensive philosophy. Is this Oregon thing really what, what we're going to keep trying to do? It looks cool between the 20s. <laughs> and this Oregon thing looks really awesome when you gotta get, you're going to get a guy like Mariota or Milton. Okay? But I want to see Scott with a different quarterback. Because you haven't seen that, really. I mean, it, who? You, you've seen uh, Mac and, and Adrian. That's it. You had one game with Vedral. Sure, but well, and and what happened? Fumble at the twenty, and I love Vedral's money. I mean, he's he's good, great athlete, good ball player, starting quarterback in a big in the Big Ten. But it's no give give me give me a look a different look at quarterback. Give me a different look at quarterback, and and, and listen, Adrian's going to give you the best chance to win. You, you you're you're stuck with his upside and and his mistakes okay you just are so you just hope those continue to go uh 10 to 1 ratio wise in the right way you can miss a throw you can throw a pick but it can't be a pick six and it can't be a missed throw at the end of the half to give you a 10 point lead i mean that's just it i mean the, the offense can go as far as adrian can take them and right now as far as adrian can take them is to a one score loss well and and he's he's taken them to to be in a lot of ball games but i i'm just over the forcing it and and it all kind of comes down to what, the want to you you want to help your defense out you want to help your teammates out it isn't about glory or or being on sports center it's i'm trying to make something happen and and it's and it's all a trickle down where Somebody screams in off the edge because you're dropping back the pass on second and short to take your shot. Because you can play with that down and distance and still theoretically go pick it up on third down. Except there's a shuffle pass that's intercepted. But don't make it harder than it is. Run the ball till Purdue stops you. Uh, Purdue got body blowed to death by Wisconsin just run Wisconsin threw the ball eight times that's it and you had success in the first half run of the ball coach McBride's next hour two with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery welcome to Hale Varsity Radio the voice of Husker Nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's Chris Schmitz Thanks for hanging out. Great to be with you. Hour two at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Keep the emails coming. Get to more of your calls here. Coming up, Blackshirt Jay Moore on the way. We heard Coach Frost talk about his future. He was asked about it today at the presser. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach, how was the weekend? 
That was good. <laughs> a lot of rain and just watching football games. That was it. That's all I could do. Hey, that's all right. That's a, that's a good weekend. Now, uh, it's good to watch football. Uh, results, though, my friend, are some things that the, the, the fan base, the coaching staff, the kids, that they want a, a different result. Let's go back to Purdue before we talk Ohio State and what stuck out to you about the loss. Well, I think it just at times we looked like we were just sluggish. You know, and the, especially at the beginning of the game, it just looked like, you know, I mean, it didn't seem like there were many people getting to the ball like it's I've seen in some games. And, uh, you know, it kind of was that way almost the whole game. There were some spurts there, but, you know, I I just, you know, I wonder if some of these guys are, are in shape. You know, I don't know if anybody, you know, over the weekend, <laughs> just over the week, you can, if you don't run and you don't stay in shape, you're going to lose, you know, it's, uh, it's the old saying, it's hard to build something up and it's easy to lose something, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, to tear it down. And it's easy to do that. And it's just like quitting, you know, I mean, it's easy to do that. But, um, you know, it, it that you know, those are the things that kind of concern me a little bit. It just looked like we were, you know, uh, just you know, not really, really there, you know, as far as really getting after it and doing things. It just, maybe it was just me. Maybe it was the day. Sure. <laughs> the day was raining lousy. So it, it, but it just, you know, it kind of, I got a little discouraged with their effort, um, you know, just going after people, going downfield and blocking, you know, our outside people blocking. They didn't do a great job. And yeah. You know, those are the things if you're going to make a running game. And they, they've they got a decent running game. You know, they're running about fourth in the conference and and things like that. The passing, not so, you know, they're fifth or so. And, then, you know, they're offensively, you know, you, you look in the conference stuff, they're, they're not in bad shape. You know, we're playing a team that's first in about everything. <laughs> There's only about four things that we're – even with them or maybe ahead of them a little bit, but you know, they're, they're, they're still not perfect. That's for sure. Charlie McBride's um, so anyway, with that. I just think that that they, you know, they got to turn it up a notch on both sides of the ball. And, you know, when, when you come off the line of scrimmage and I see the other team beating us off the line of scrimmage, then I know we're in trouble and they were beating us off the line of scrimmage at times. Their offensive line was way off. I mean, they, we were just catching. Mm. So we got to get, you know, we've got to get motored. Coach, what uh, what do you make of, of the quarterback's performance with Adrian and some of his decision-making? The turnovers were the story of, of this yeah. game, and, and Scott didn't, didn't really verbalize wanting to go to the backup. That speaks to, you know, what – what do you have behind your starter? Uh, he's not been really right since Michigan, honestly. And uh, if you're the defense, you're all one team. You're all one family. You've said that a lot. That said, you can get ticked at your family uh, with uh, just not not kind of holding up their end. And, and the offense has been so inconsistent. It feels like the defense is, is trying or is having to do it all. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, uh, you know that you know that, that that's exactly what it what it is. And I I don't know, 
I don't know whether it's just the, the youngness of our offensive line. It, you know, here's the way I look at football. and I mean, you can talk to anybody you want in football. If your offensive line and your defensive line are going to make the difference in the probably 90% of the football games. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can't protect the passer, you're in trouble. And so a lot of times you look and you say, well, he did this or he did that, and it didn't look good and didn't look that well. You know, when you have pressure on yourself all the time, you know, you got to get to a point where, you know, you get frustrated yourself and, and you lose some of the confidence in yourself, mm-hmm. and you don't know whether that might be part of the problem. But <clears throat> I think that one of the things is, is I, what I hated to see was try to shuffle the ball up the field. That, that, that was, I've seen him try that before and do it again, know he was wrong and do it again, but do it again. And, and sometimes you have to go a little farther than saying after four years of, of, of doing the same things, you wonder, you know, <laughs> about some of the other things that go along with coaching. I mean, you know, you have to, you know, you just wonder if, you know, you got the right people there coaching them or what, whatever it is. I don't know. I mean, you know, I can't say that, but, you know, sometimes you'd think there'd be some some really drastic improvement in four years. Well, that's just it. Is you know how how much better has he gotten? And he's he's your best shot, honestly. And that's kind of what it comes down to. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. Were you surprised that Nebraska went away from the run game like they did in the second half? I know it got real funky in the second half with the turnovers and time of possession. But yeah, Nebraska what, didn't uh, didn't stick with the run or they turnover, they got away from it. Turners blow, turnovers and everything blow up your game plan. I mean I get you. You know, it you know, it's just you you're you're trying to do something and establish some things and you get a turnover and and you know, I tell you that there is there's a huge connection between the offense and the defense. And I and I'll say I mean as far as they they got to complement each other, and and when one goes haywire, and it get, it gets and it, and I and I put this on just being a lot of times just a lot of young people, but we still have some most of our defensive leaders are older guys in the secondary and so forth, and they've got to hold up you know and 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 get after people and get on the sideline and, you know, encourage them to go and things like that. They can't just go over there and sit down on the bench and put their head down and say, well, this is happening again. And sometimes it looks like that. And if you're, if you're trying to get out of a, a funk, you know, you, there's, a, there's only one way to do it. And that's just play as hard as you can on every play. And, and that isn't happening. Charlie McBride's with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Charlie, you talk about that that connection between the offense and the defense uh, and playing complementary football. And they really didn't have much of that against Minnesota when you think about the fact that Nebraska's offense made it down inside the 25-yard line four times and couldn't come up with any points in the second half. Uh, and then this past week, uh, they're putting the defense in bad spots with turnovers. I uh, think about that pick six. Uh, so w- would you say the the connection between the, the offense and the defense has effectively been, been broken on this team? And, and if it has, are you worried about uh, what this team is going to do to finish the year if 
the defense can't trust what the offense is going to be doing on the field? Well, I know the one thing is is that our guys, I mean, you, I used to listen to them talk. I mean, when they go on the field, if, if our offense isn't doing well, then the defensive guys are going to be, we got, let's go, we got to do this. And, and, and they know that it's their responsibility now for the, for the offense to save them, to, take, to help them out, to get, and if you do well, they're going to start doing well. And I mean, you know, it, it works both ways. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that there are some younger guys that maybe point some fingers and that, that stuff doesn't go, you know, and um, if, if that's a cancer. And so, you know, it's got to be, you have, you have to do your job and, and to, to, to look at other people and make it, you know, make excuses that we're not doing this because they're not doing this or vice versa. I mean, I don't care what the quarterback does. You know, I think when the, these guys get the ball in their hands, that they got to go. They got to. They got to make up for him. You know, if that's if he's having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I know that I, you know, I've been around football enough to know that that guys, you know, if they're going to have a team, you got to you got to fight for each other. I mean, you you just have to. Coach, uh, what do you make of of some of the speculation out there with with Coach Frost and and you know Trev better than anybody? I I don't Scott Scott didn't act like today he was worried about his job or his future. I mean he was he was really pretty pretty comfortable and pretty pretty genuine, and and I yeah. I think there's a lot of season left. And they're they're focused on Ohio State. We'll get to the Buckeyes in a moment. Moment, but you know what? What do you think Trev's thinking or watching for right now? Well, I th- I don't I don't. And Trev isn't. If he's talking about something crazy, you know, right now, I mean, that's not that doesn't sound like the right thing to do. I don't, and he's not. I mean, we haven't heard anything from him. So yeah, we got three games, and I don't think there is anything to. I mean, I. I just I think when you start looking at all the different factors involved financially and everything else, you wonder, you know that that's a little over the top. And I and I don't think you know, I know that we've had some trouble in the past, but you know there's other ways to make changes and there's other ways to do things. And um, you know uh, it you know you you've got a lot of you know what you've done in the last four years that have been wrong. Maybe there needs to be a big change in some of the things they're thinking as far as whether whether it's practice, whether it's, you know, people and so forth. I mean, I don't, you know, it's, you know, how you handle your your, uh, your substitution and how you handle the clock and how you handle all these different things that you can do in the off season and make it a point to improve those things. Um, but I think it's a, a serious deal, and I, I think, you know, if he's got a, a, a plan, um, Krebs got a plan. I, I don't. I wouldn't know. I I wouldn't want to even guess at anything like that because I'm not even around there, and I don't sure. know the lay of the land exactly. But the, the, there's things you see just of being a coach. You know, in the past, and and being having, I've been at failures. I, uh, I mean, I've been at Wisconsin. We had five losing seasons, so I know. I mean, I know what it smells like. You know, and a lot of times it's just because you don't have people. 
you know, and, and in those days we didn't have the walk-ons and we'd get our quarterback hurt right away. And then that's the end of that tune. So you're playing with somebody, you know, I mean, <laughs> you made it real quick and clear there. <laughs> yeah. You get, you get a couple of linemen hurt on either side of the ball and you're, you know, you're just, you don't have the depth in that mm-hmm. in those days, you know, they have, they had numbers, but, you didn't have you didn't have the kind of players that you have now. Coach, want to get your thoughts on on Ohio State? You know, how's Nebraska keep this thing close? Keep it interesting? Keep it within striking distance? And play their hearts out. Just play like hell. Play together and play. Just give it all they got. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got nothing to be ashamed of if you play as hard as you can. I mean, you know, you look at some of the games and you know they can do it. You know they can they can get around. I'll tell you, I'm I'm in, in reality I'm kind of thrilled to death with the, way that, with the way the linebackers are playing. I think they're you know I mean they're playing very very well, and I think the defensive line is playing okay. You know, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things fundamentally they got to learn, and uh, you know the secondary. Who knows? Um, you know if you start looking at you know, it's you know when statistically in defense, when you start looking at that uh, pass defense for Ohio State, they're twelfth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're twelfth in the conference. Well, we're only eighth, I think it is, mm-hmm. around in there, and that's not even in the upper half, but it's still better. And mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of things that you know that 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 you know, that are good, maybe we can throw the ball against them. I don't know. I think we can do both. I mean, if you've got a a good enough bunch of guys there that can do both, when when they put their mind to it and they concentrate on it, you'd be surprised what these guys can do. I mean, really. I don't think they know what they can do if they really do that and focus on every play. I mean, every play, you know, what you're doing, tackling, everything not just diving around on the ground and doing stuff like that. I mean, if you really take into this serious business, you know, then you got a chance. Well, we'll be uh, here for it, ready to go at 11 for uh, Nebraska-Ohio State. Coach, get your popcorn and uh, stay warm and, and uh, get, get in front of the TV for Saturday, okay? Yeah, well, don't be surprised if they blow their socks off. Not Ohio State. Don't be surprised if our guys win. I mean, it won't be a surprise to me. I'll tell you that because it's about time something really good has happened. You know, Coach, the the old were due, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're overdue. Coach, you uh, be good, stay healthy, and thanks for the time today. Okay. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later. All right, Coach. Bye now. See, coach has got that feeling. The law of averages would lead you to believe that Nebraska is due to win, what, 10 of their next 12 one-score games? Right. Law of averages. So so you're even. (laughs) And coach hit on some good points. It's not cheerleader Charlie. It's like, look, if they put their mind to it, they can put a scare in to the Buckeyes or or maybe more. Uh, The Black Shirt Hour continues. Jay Moore next on Hale Varsity. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back into it. Hail Varsity Radio. A Monday here, Nebraska, Ohio State this week. Still, I don't know if we're using staples, if they're stitches. Uh, beyond Band-Aid, uh, third straight loss for Nebraska. Tough one at home to Purdue. We bring in Blackshirt Husker NFLer and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Moore with us. little Blackshirt love today. Jay Bird, uh, how was the weekend? And uh, at what point did you think things, think things shifted for the worse? There's always a tipping point moment with Nebraska football and close ball games. What was that moment for you? Yeah, yeah, it's tough. You know, early on, Nebraska, you know, they felt like they were pretty much in control of that football game. And, you know, they got a couple breaks. But right away when Adrian threw that pick six and it was 7-7, I'm like, oh, boy. You know, you kind of get that. And then, you know, when you don't hit that pass to True Raver before half, you know, Nebraska gets a fourth down stop. You get an opportunity to steal points and get the ball back. You must steal possession. And that doesn't happen. And then you come out flat again in the second half. You're like, man. It just – you have to – this team just is not – I mean, other than, you know, Northwestern, and I don't know if you really count, you know, Fordham and Buffalo, but when it comes to you know, Big Ten play, they just – you can just go down the list of games. I mean, they're just given opportunities. To other teams are like, here you go. Take control of this football game. Here's momentum. Here's, you know – Brom goes for it on fourth and one. You stop him. You get the ball back with a minute and a half left, and I think a timeout. And then you know, it's Toure. All boom. It's 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 what twenty four. Uh, excuse me, twenty seven fourteen. You know, at half um, instead of you know seventeen. You know, fourteen. It's like man. Then you get the ball back. Get a chance to get points. You really can kind of put your you know your, your foot on the throats, but they just don't do it. And it's just it's it's very disappointing. It's it's alarming. Obviously, very alarming. And I'm not I'm not sure what to, to make of it because it's been happening for many many years and you know it's you know that those are many instances but yeah I look at the pick six and and then obviously not getting points for half when you easily could have with getting the ball back and then, and then just the no show from the offense in the second half was totally inexcusable when that's actually it's happened you know two weeks in a row or you know obviously there's a bye week in there but it happens again in the second week like it did against Minnesota, and it's coming off a of bye week. So that makes it any more, even more inexcusable in my, in, uh, in my point. Jay Morris with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, I just, I don't get why you're up and it's second and one, and it, it's it's a chance to to take a shot, totally get it, but it's kind of a version of a trick play. You, you lose yards, and then Adrian doesn't get, the yard needed it's it's third and four he runs for three and doesn't put his head down mm-hmm. scott just wants to to kind of do it his way with a certain look it feels like on offense and you went away from running the ball now i know you didn't have the ball a lot in the second half but man the reason you build a lead is because you had you had pretty good balance. You were able to, to hit some shots downfield, but you were running the ball, and then you went away from it. Why do you think mm-hmm. that is? I mean, what's what's your take on this on this scheme and and Frost's ability to to just continue to stick with it when, quite honestly, it's it's a situation where it, it's costing his defense time on the field, and they're they're out of sync. 
a lot. It's not as consistently flowing as it needs to be. What what do you do on offense? Yeah, just I mean, the offense has. I mean, you, you know, he's the the offensive you know guy. He, he's calling the plays. We know that, and you know, I mean, how wrong are we all thinking that you know this was going to be? You know, when he's coming in here, we saw okay, his offense is going to average you know forty some points a game. Hopefully, the defense is get enough stops to to make this thing happen. It's going to be a complete role reversal. The defense has gotten all the stops, and offense can't take advantage of it. And it seems at times, I don't know if he gets deterred or he or he presses. You know, something doesn't happen the way he wants it to, and he starts to press a little bit, and then that doesn't work. And then I don't I don't know. It's like you know when you press and you're just almost trying too hard. It's just doesn't happen almost like he doesn't let the game kind of come to him a little bit i know it's football and you want to be able to you know make your move and and hey this is what what we're going to do and i'm going to make sure it's going to happen that's that's one thing but also um i don't know if the the patience is an issue at times you know it's like hey okay you know let's let's stick in this thing let's 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 do our thing let's you know manage the, the clock let's flip the field just doesn't seem like sometimes those game management things you know he didn't make the right moves at times. And I, I don't know if, like I said, it's pressing or what exactly it is, but, I mean, it hasn't, I mean, it hasn't added up in four years. You know, it's, you can say, oh, yeah, their they're, they're offensive output's better, sure, from total yards, but they're just not scoring points, period. You know, the, the red zone's still an issue. You know, then obviously you can throw the kicking game in that wrench, and that, that, uh, that, that, that's his own issue. But I, I'm not quite sure where it's, where it all comes from. I mean, I think it's obviously a little bit to do with everything. I think uh, Adrian has his own issues at times. I think the offensive line has his own issues at times. I think the inability to the, you know, this running back room is, is still a puzzle to me, but you know, you got to be able to run the football in this league and you got to be able to stick with it. And, you know, sometimes we just, I don't know if he just gets impatient and something doesn't go with it. He's, you know, just says the hell with it. Let's, we're going to do this or he scraps this game plan. I don't, I don't know. I'm not in the meetings, but just as a, a this doesn't add up to me right now, and, and it's obviously very evident because in year four, you know, the, in in the last two years, this defense has outplayed the offense heavily. And I, like I said earlier, that was that's a that would be a that was going to be a major that's a major surprise to me because I thought it was going to be vice versa. You know, we thought this 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 offense is just going to keep rolling and rolling every game because you know what you'd seen you know whether it's Oregon or Central Florida or whatever you know and but it's just not the case and uh, I don't I don't know it's it's a little bit of everything you know inconsistency from Adrian inconsistency inconsistencies from the offensive line you know guys is not stepping to making plays they need to and then you know and then you do press and I think that's what you kind of see right now Jay Moore's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, I want to get your take on what was happening at the beginning of the fourth quarter with a, a noticeable number of fans heading for the stands. Do you think that's something that will stick in the mind of Trev Alberts? Or, I mean, Coach Frost said he didn't notice it, but uh, it, it seemed to be something where Husker fans knew what was coming. Uh, they knew how that fourth quarter was going to go, and, and they hit the exits early. Do you, uh, do you have a take on uh, on that whole situation? Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just apathy at the finest. I mean, you... You know, I, I knew – you can just get a feel for it. And I knew when they went up, you know, late in that fourth, again, they got another score, or early in the fourth, I'm like, this thing's, this thing's a wrap. You know, this, you just – you get a feel. I mean, they, and they did have an opportunity. They should have got the onside kick. But it just – you just get a feel for it. It's a similar feel to the Minnesota game, and it's just – it's odd. I don't – you know, people people just know. And, and people are just frankly tired of it. You know, it's 
it's one thing to compete with you know Michigan and Michigan State and in uh, Oklahoma, but when you can't beat the teams you're supposed to beat, that's people get very annoyed with that, and, and myself included. Uh, you know how you, how you look so good one week against teams technically you're not supposed to beat, and the team that you are supposed to beat and are you know a touchdown plus favorite against you come out and and look like you didn't even practice during the bye week in some areas. So that's uh, that's it's very concerning. And I'm you know I I don't know what's going to look like at 11 a.m. against Ohio State. I, I mean I can't imagine it's going to look very good because I know what people are probably expecting. You know in Ohio State running on all cylinders right now, and uh, I'm, I mean I'm not very confident in this team. You know these last these last three games. You know I'm, I'm, I don't know what the staff or how everyone else feels, but I, I don't you know I don't foresee them getting to six to six at all. That's 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 definitely for sure. But uh, I, I think everyone's kind of the same boat. I mean apathy is, is is very very real. You had it after the first game, the loss at Illinois, and you kind of got them back. You pulled them, reeled them back in with a couple wins, a nice performance against Oklahoma, and in two in two games you probably should have won in Michigan and Michigan State, and then boom. You've laid two. You've laid two huge eggs the last two weeks, and people are like, "We've seen this before. We've seen this many, many times before." And there's people who are tired of watching a crappy movie, and they're just like, "We're out." You know, we've we've paid for this and don't need to see it anymore. And I I I can't blame them. Few minutes here. Jay Moore is with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Big Red Wrap Up. Uh, you watch him Tuesday nights on NETV. Uh, goes to that black shirt Oscar NFL. Jay, when it comes to the, the future of Frost with with Trev, what's your feel, man? What's your feel on this? And and I know we can talk about three and nine or four and eight or five and seven or uh, six and six. Like if you're the eternal optimist, but as I sit right now, we talked about this a little earlier. I just don't think as we sit here on, on a Monday after two tough two losses, right, to teams you're supposed to beat, there's this this appetite to, to make a move if you're Trev. Now, his hand may be forced on things, but as it sits right now, there's still, you know, a, a third of the season left. And let's just see how it plays out. What's your read on this big picture? Yeah, I don't think Trev wants to make a move. I don't think he – I mean, I know beginning of the year, you can see, you know, the previous three – he said the previous three years uh, weren't going to factor into his decision. But I don't. I, be, I firmly believe he does not want to, but he might be forced into a, a tough decision. You know, if you go, if you finish this year three and nine and lose last your last five games in a row, and it obviously depends on on how it looks and how those losses come. You know, if they still show good fight and, and they're in them, that's 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 be one thing. You know, I want this thing to work. I want I want Scott to you know be here for many many more years. I do. But also, it's like, man, when when you know when's when's enough enough? And can it is when you know we thought this year could have been better, and we thought last year could have been. You know, I know last year's a goofy year, but you know if you're going into year five and you know you've had you had a winning season yet, that's that's it's, it's tough. It's 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 tough to if you know force Scott if you're one to stay to make drastic you know coach you know staff moves. I know he's a very loyal guy. He's been with most of these guys, you know, his his whole career, you know, uh, at USC and then bringing him here. That's that's a tough move to make him ask. So it's, it's an interesting spot. I, I wish this team would just figure it out and win some more football games, and that would hope you know alleviate the you know and we don't have to be talking about. But it, it is it's the elephant in the room you got to talk about because it's just not. Team's not getting it done when it, and um, if you it's, if you want to say it's it's a 
Scott Frost issue or whatever it is, but when it when it comes down to when you're three and six with in first of November in your fourth year, and unfortunately, the guy who's getting paid the most money is Scott Frost is he's going to shoulder that blame. And I don't I'm not sure where Trev is. You know, I, I know he does not want to make this decision. I just don't know where he's at right now. I'm sure he's picking some tires and to see you know on some really nice tires and to see what is the moves to make. But if you don't have you know if you don't have the right tire, if you have the right person to come in here. You know, I don't even know if it, whoever that might be. I, I, I still think I have a. My gut says Scott will be here even next year, going three and nine. I, I really do. But it's it's crazier things have happened, you know, and and we'll see. I mean, they've got three games left, but it's uh, I, I never thought we'd still be talking about this at this time of year, uh, going into year four. But I guess here we are. And we're back, fellas. Think we could. Listen to the radio. Listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! A few minutes left here with Jay Moore. And Jay, I, I want to get to the quarterback play from Sunday because we heard uh, Coach Frost say in the postgame press conference that he never thought about benching Adrian and bringing in somebody else, even uh, with Adrian's four picks in the game. Uh, are you surprised that we didn't get a chance to see a, a guy like Logan Smothers or Heinrich Harburg come into that game on Saturday? Uh, and do you expect that there will be changes at quarterback going forward this year, or is this just Adrian's job till the end of the year? I probably think. I mean, I think it's Adrian's job till till the end of this year. But you know, as good as Adrian is at times, he's equally as bad at times with some of his decision making. You know, and I. We haven't seen hardly much of, of Smothers. You know, it's spurts against, you know, Fordham and Buffalo and a little bit against Northwestern. And now that, you know, I would have I would have liked to see them come, you know, maybe Smothers come in just to say, hey, Adrian, let's let's pump the brakes here for a minute. Let's slow some things down. Let's talk about it. Let's just, hey, and just see what Logan can do for, for a minute. I don't, but if they're thinking Adrian, you still you're giving your best shot to win. I, that's fair. I understand that. I, I don't see. I don't see. You know, Monday through Friday practices. But when your quarterback is making, you know, very poor decisions, you can honestly blame that whole loss on Adrian. I mean, he easily could have had another pick six early in the game that the guy just dropped. I mean, he was walking that thing in, so he could have had five interceptions. I know that Austin Allen one wasn't his fault. Austin's got to hang on to that, but he easily could have had four picks that were totally on him. In that in that football game, and that and that game would have been over, I think, a lot quicker, you know. And then, so it's you know, I, I think he's gonna he's the guy the rest of this year. I do. I don't know if it's, the lease is getting shorter. I'm not totally sure of that, but he's got to play better. I mean, he's he's still it's just a crazy when a, a fourth year guy makes mistakes that freshmen make. And he's made he's made those mistakes the last two weeks, you know, with with uh, the safety in the end zone against Minnesota, and then some of these throws here he he made against Purdue, you're like, man, like that's not what a fourth year guy makes. That's he doesn't do those things. He doesn't try to, you know, shuffle you know, throw a ball out of the pocket while he's getting tackled to a guy, you know, and and not see a guy coming or, you know, blindly throw it to a guy sitting underneath on an out route. You know, it's just those those are things you can maybe excuse a first or second year guy, but not a fourth year guy. So he needs to play better. I, I hope I hope, you know, Verduzco and, and and uh, Frost are in his ear, and, and get tough on him. Get after him a little bit, and make him better. Because that's that's Everson Hex might cut it, and uh, you know who knows. I mean, if you want to keep riding with him, that that might cost him his job, unfortunately. And that's you know it's crazy, it's crazy to say again in, in year four. 
Jay Moore's with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Jay, uh, talk to me about the the ingredients of the mother of all upsets Saturday. How does that happen? <laughs> well, uh, Nebraska's got to play their best game of the year, and Ohio State's probably got to play their worst game of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you got to you got to be probably plus three in the turnover category. You got to do something crazy on special teams, return a punt, which is, that probably won't happen. But I don't know. I mean, block it. Block a field goal, block a block a punt for points, you know something something goofy. I just don't foresee it. I just I my you know this one is you know, I think the what early spread is about 14, 14 and a half, couple touchdowns. You know I, I I see Ohio State coming in here and playing well. I mean they're they're playing for a playoff spot. You know Nebraska is just playing to you know hopefully maybe make a bowl game. You know is in you know you're playing for pride at this point. So I. And you know, this they got a lot of talent, man. That 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 offense and that wide receiver group they got with Olave and Wilson, those guys are those guys are those those guys are big time players. Those are first round draft picks. So it'll be tough. I just I mean, you gotta we gotta play really good. We gotta get some turnovers. Like I said, we gotta be plus three in the turnover category at least and maybe score on special teams, but that's that's a tough ass uh at this time of the year and, and just what we've dealt with and what we've seen in the last two weeks. I mean that's that's that would be uh, that would be you know I think damn near hell would have to freeze over for that to happen. <laughs> well, it's going to be cold the rest of this week, but about sixty and sunny for the eleven a.m. Bloody Mary <laughs> fest. So uh, no no hell freezing over Saturday, but we'll see where it goes. Jay, always uh, love catching up with you, brother. We'll uh, be watching on Big Red Wrap Up tomorrow night, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks for a few minutes. Yep, no problem. There he is, Blackshirt Husker NFL. He's right. I mean, you're going to need some turnovers. Think about how it went in 2018. Nebraska had some some shock plays, Gifford and JoJo Doman. Do you uh, dare send JoJo more off the edge as a blitzer this Saturday? Or do you keep him in coverage because Ohio State's got two to three really high-end wideouts? Right, Olave and uh, is 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 the headliner. Uh, you had a freshman quarterback coming in. Stranger things, but uh, it does put you in a, a tough position defensively because those guys are going to get open, and the more guys you drop into, I mean, they're, they're going to no matter how many guys. If you drop eight guys into coverage, they're still going to find a way to get you open. Drop those- eight guys into coverage, it's it's twenty seventeen all over again. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Fields had. Time to, to sign seven footballs and still complete a pass. Yeah, but then on the flip side, if you're bringing seven, only dropping four. No, I know someone's going to get open. Someone's going to open. Someone's going to get open, quick. and it's big play day. Yeah. No, I. So how do you want to die? I guess is the question. I'd go down with a mix. And, and against a freshman quarterback, you got to be disguising your coverages too. Nebraska's been hit or miss with that. Who was the quarterback who came in after Braxton Miller back in twenty? 20- 2012. Oh, that poor guy. What was his name? 2011. Uh, uh, Craig something. He had a comb over. He looked 38 when he was, you know, a, a senior backup. His, his name's the tip of my tongue. It wasn't Krenzel. Mm-hmm. That was the guy who like handed off to to Mo and, and won a title for for sweater vest. Brett emails in the cupboard was very bare with Riley and I coursed and COVID screwed up the world for two years. Give Scott two more years to get it fixed. So beyond this year, give Scott his original seven is what what uh, Brett is saying. Can email in Chris at HaleVarsity 
Denver.com. So I got to talk to the resident Denver fan. But by the way, before we get sad, it was Joe Bowserman. Was Bowserman, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowserman's probably got a minivan right now. <laughs> Maybe two. And a, and, a, and a really pretty wife and 38 kids. And he's probably a happy guy, right? Good for him. And I know folks who have minivans. That, ain't, that isn't piling on minivan owners. God love you. So Denver Broncos have agreed to trade eight-time Pro Bowler, MVP, Super Bowl champion, Von Miller. Von Miller is now a Ram with Aaron Donald. Rams look salty as all get out with their quarterback in Stafford. Uh, the Broncos going to pay nine million of Miller's remaining nine point seven million dollar base salary. I know he's been oft injured. He's a far cry from that four year spurty hand where it was nineteen sacks a season. He's still really good. Denver's done well, but a second and third round pick. Do we have the the Von Miller audio? No. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll try and work on that. He's he, he met with some of the Denver media, and I think he was in a. I don't know where he was. He was in his vehicle or something, but it was just kind of, it was not at the facility. It's probably in a parking lot or on the street, but Vaughn's traded. He was your guy, wasn't he? I mean, that's part of the reason you're a donkey fan. He's my favorite Bronco of all time. I have had a jersey since his rookie year. I loved the Von Miller pick when it happened. Uh, I've loved Von Miller for the past 10 years. I loved what he brought. I mean, he almost single-handedly won that Super Bowl for the Broncos with that kind of pressure he brought off the edge, but it was time for him. Uh, to go to a contender. We all know he wasn't going to re-sign. His contract was coming up at the end of the year. He wasn't going to come back, get some value back, let him go win some football games, and time to start the – I mean, it's been time to start the rebuild for the Broncos, but now I think it's new coaching staff, trading away your stalwart. It's time to start can, afresh. Can you profess your love for Von Miller to Searles Thursday? I will do that. I want to see what he says about that to you. Uh, we'll wind down a Monday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio. Find us and uh, subscribe to us. Podcast, Hail Varsity Radio, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Thanks for the feedback with the email bag and some of the calls today. Good stuff. Uh, appreciate you chiming in. Tomorrow on the show, Rick Kaczynski, Mitch Sherman. We are out to uh, Rick Pizzo, and uh, we have Barry Alvarez coming on tomorrow. I know it's not Wisconsin week, but Barry's been on the college football playoff committee, the playoff results, the opening uh, release is tomorrow night. We'll get his take on, you know, Wisconsin's turnaround, what's going on at Nebraska, the Big Ten as a whole. Uh, his coordinator, Leonard, because <laughs> that's a name that is kind of on that next list of coordinators to coach that you uh, see. Von Miller kind of sharing his love for his time in Denver, not just the gummies, but really his – and that was only one season. He, he popped positive, and then he, he fixed it. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, exactly. This is the day they test you for street drugs. This is the only day they test you for street <laughs> drugs. Put it on your calendar. Know there's a three-day window. Then enjoy. Here's Von Miller. I've always been a team guy. I've always been a great teammate, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do the same thing. 
and you, you hope to be able to play right away. You know you yeah, were close last yeah, week. I, I was close last week. You know, I hope to be able to you know, play this week uh, versus the Titans on, on Sunday night. So. Will you always have Super Bowl 50? Will that be I always have Super Bowl 50. Um, you know, seeing the pictures when I was walking out, it just, you know, it just made me tear up, you know, but we always got, we always got Super Bowl 50. Uh, I always got Broncos country. And, um, yeah. Is, keep going. is there hope then, as this thing you saw with Peyton last week, that someday there's a bow that ties where you're Ring yeah. of Famer, Hall of Famer? 100%. That's what it's all about, for sure. Thank you, Vaughn. Thanks, you're the guys. Vaughn Miller, man. He's fun. Great player. Uh, poor Denver. But at least you're not in Miami. Well, and it, this gives me a team to root for come postseason. Like, Vaughn Miller, like, stand-up guy in the community, really great football player. Um, has always kind of taken responsibility and, and just been, as he said, a team guy. Uh, so I'll, I'll continue to support him on his retirement journey to L.A. Go win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. I'd love that. See, the Rams are right there. They've beaten Tampa. New Orleans stung Tampa, too, yesterday with, a, <laughs> with, with Trevor Simeon, the pride of Northwestern, coming off the pine. I'm really tired of watching these former Broncos quarterbacks go and win games. Case Keenum for the Browns, Trevor Simeon for the Broncos, or for the Saints. Sure. And you got the Broncos with does not matter who they have at quarterback, they're going to lose. Well, Chiefs tonight, Monday Night Football. Can hear uh, Mitch Holtis and the crew over on uh, KFOR locally in Lincoln. And, of course, uh, Westwood One's coverage, Kevin Harlan and company. Uh, for Monday Night Football. Barry Alvarez tomorrow, Mitch Sherman tomorrow, our old buddy Tim May, uh, Mr. Buckeye himself, going to join us this week as we load up and get you ready for Nebraska and Ohio State. That line's still, what, 14 and a half, 15 the number? See if that uh, goes up or down. And, and more thoughts post-practice from the coordinators tomorrow. Is It is Ohio State week. What can Nebraska do with this opportunity? I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. Thanks.